ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. Turn in your Bibles to Second Corinthians. Chapter 13, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, as I continue to preach in your hearing by the grace of God, mommy, wifey, in parentheses, are you going to hell? Give me a thumbs up on each one of them. Mommy, wifey, in parentheses, are you going to hell? Part four. And by the way, before you get all up in arms at that title, I will be preaching the same title for daddies and husbands on Father's Day. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And I believe that this is the most serious problem and concern in the church. People being religious, but lost and considered saved. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates. Matthew chapter 7 verse uh, 21 through 23 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, Beloved, the proof of your salvation, and there are several proofs, is whether or not you are obedient to God and to Jesus Christ and to the Word of God. Are you doing God's will? His will is revealed in His Word. 
Are you obeying his word? Are you living a consistently holy and godly life, not only for one hour in the church on Sunday? Oh, we all can do that. We all can enter the stage that Shakespeare talked about uh, for a little while and, and put on the dog. By the way, the greatest actors are not in Hollywood. The greatest actors are in the church. And it doesn't matter to me whether you like it or not. We have a bunch of hypocrites, people who wear a mask. Uh, they act one way at the house and another way at the church and in front of other people. And that's what you call hypocrites. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That ought to let you know that if you are working iniquity, living in iniquity, living in rebelliousness, living in stubbornness, living in witchcraft, living in uh, consistently doing evil, that that is not the will of God. The will of God is opposite of that. And God ought to be working it in you if you're saved, if you're born again. It's not you, the great Christian, that keeps you back from doing evil. It's God, Jesus Christ, the great God, the great Jesus Christ and the great Holy Spirit that does it. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And those who are saved here, help them to pray and not listen to me pray. Those, Lord, who are, pray, who are saved out there all over the world, Lord, help them to pray and not listen to me pray. And Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. And those of us who are saved do. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you those of us who are saved for your Holy Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is sitting at your right hand praying for us, praying without ceasing as he's commanded us to do, uh, and that he gave the parable that men ought always to pray and not to faint, and what a model to follow if he is praying without ceasing for us, Lord, Certainly, as needy as we are, we need to pray without ceasing as he has taught us and told us and commanded us. And Holy Father God, 
Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your Holy Spirit and your Holy Word and for all of the millions and many and manifold blessings you have bestowed upon us. Thank you, Lord, for the earlier prayer meeting we had today. And, uh, Lord, we thank you for the idea that came out of it that saved us a whole lot of time and rigmarole, uh, Lord, this morning. Holy Father God, for those of us who are truly saved and born again, we individually confess our sins, our failures, and our faults. And uh, for Lord, we have a tendency to feel dirty even when we can't pinpoint something we did wrong. That's the nature of uh, those of us, your little lambs, who get saved. Uh, we are uh, concerned about sinning against you and making sure that we are right with you so that we can be used by you and blessed by you. It's a mark of a saved person. We never feel adequate. We never feel like we can do it without you. Uh, we never feel uh, like... Uh, uh, we can make it without praying to you and acknowledging you in all of our ways. Uh, we never uh, have that kind of mentality by your grace. And so, Lord, for Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. And wash us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would crush and crucify our flesh. Lord, another mark of your born-again ones is that we know that there is a battle going on on the inside of us. And Lord, we do not want to walk in the flesh. By your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we want to walk in the Spirit. And we want to be victorious. And we do not want to yield to the flesh and live in the flesh. And we are aware, very aware, that there's a battle, there's a tug of war going on on the inside of us. And so we pray to you for the power, the unction, and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty of your Holy Spirit uh, to be what we should be as husbands and wives fathers and mothers and children. That's what saved people do. It's not anything, Lord, that uh, we uh, have made up or tried to do. It's not a set of rules that we go by. We just know from your Holy Spirit what we ought to do. And you lead us and you guide us and you help us uh, to live out the Christian life by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, put a guard in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we do not sin against you. And Holy Father God, we also pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
those of us who are saved and those of us who are born again, we are keenly aware that we have an outside enemy. He is your enemy as well. You have warned us about him from Genesis to Revelation. we have no delusions that he does not exist. We know that we have an enemy who is fighting against us from your word and from our own experience. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias out of my wife's life out of uh, the lives of other people in my family and in other uh, so-called Christian families, those who name the name of Christ. I don't think any of us really have a Christian family. We have some people saved in the family, uh, but everybody is obviously not saved. And so, Holy Father God, I do pray that you would give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And as always, the devil is busy. If he's not working through one, he's working through another. And so, Lord, that's why you told us to be sober-minded for those of us who are truly saved and born again. Sober-minded, vigilant, and watchful. Because the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and destroy. And he wants to destroy us. We should not be under the uh, delusion that he wants to be our friend. He wants to destroy us. Every born-again Christian knows this, that, that this is not a game, that he's nobody to play with. And so, Holy Father God, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil throughout this day. Cast out the satanic, ugly, stinking, demonic spirits of uh, Judas, Sanballat, Tobias, Jezebel, uh, out of the lives of people who have that problem. And, uh, Lord, not only that, but cast out those demonic sins that come from these demonic spirits. Pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, witchcraft, bad attitudes, bad spirits. Lord, as you know, so many families don't know why they're constantly having problems and on uh, the border of uh, getting a divorce every day. is because uh, both the husband and wife are not saved or one spouse is not saved, several of the teenagers are not saved, and uh, they don't realize that they're dealing with the devil. They don't understand that they're not dealing with flesh and blood. So open their blinded eyes today, unstop their deaf ears, and uh, save their souls so that they can get on the firing line with the other spouse and other saved people in the family and win the battle through you. So, Holy Father God, rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts from our lives, not only now in this service, but throughout this day. And, Lord, again, I thank you for the earlier prayer meeting that made it possible for us to be here at this time.
and I give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. And uh, Lord, we pray, uh, Lord, today that you would save those who are lost by your grace and power. Lord, I don't know how you do it. All I know is you told me to preach the gospel. And miraculously, you still save people today. Revive those, Lord, who are saved. For there are some who are backslidden on you. They are saved and they know better. But they don't do better because they don't want to do better. And Holy Father God, at the same time, we have made the mistake, assuming that everybody in the church is, is, a, is truly saved and born again. Uh, they're just backslidden or cold-hearted. Some, Lord, you've shown me, are just lost. They've never been saved. And... Uh, Thank you for reminding me of that, because this is very pertinent, as this might be the last message. Thank you, Lord. Uh, and Lord, I pray that my technician would uh, find that passage. I was not going to preach on it until you just reminded me regarding how that uh, parable passage we dealt with some months back, that show people from your from your own words that there are people who can think they're saved and be lost even be excited at the beginning and end up being lost not saved for various and sundry reasons and prove out to not be saved so Lord help us to share that this morning I, I do I would like for this to be the last sermon and uh, in this series, but let your will be done. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning. All around the world, due to the increasing coronavirus plague and uh, war, now increasing inflation, which is devastating many families. Lord, as you know, we heard this morning that, even yesterday, that people are rent renting out bunk beds for $800 a month. God, help us. Save those who are lost. Revive those who are saved. Those in the church who are in sin, Open their blinded eyes and stop their deaf ears. If, uh, if they cannot stop, they are not saved. Say, we pray that you save their souls. Those who know they can stop it and they know better, they're backslidden. We pray that you would reclaim them. Revive us again. Glorify your holy name. Lift up your holy son. The Lord Jesus Christ, help us to do it. Help us to lift up your holy name. Help us to lift up your holy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For you promised, Lord, that if we lift him up, you'll draw all men unto him for salvation. Have your Holy Ghost to take control in spite of the devil fighting against me. And speak to the hearts of people here and out there around the world.
glorify your holy name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the a very interesting story, sad story. It's always sad when the children are more spiritual than the parents and the children have to try to instruct the parents about spiritual things. But the Bible does say a child will lead them. One of the tragedies of life, I do believe, is for parents, mostly mothers, who think their children are dumb. And they do not take heed to the messages that God sends through their children. Even when they're little. I saw a dear lady today. She's married and they were trying for a child and they, they kept praying for a child. And, and, uh, and I guess they did something in vitro or something and God blessed them with five children all at one time. It's the most beautiful, I mean the most beautiful uh, situation I, I've seen in a long time. Now she was honest, she was upfront, she was she she was uh, you know uh, the kind of person who just tells the truth that is a joy but there is a lot of work involved. And, uh, and I loved her attitude. She was full of joy. Five little ones. Uh, they just had a birthday, their first birthday. And buddy, those five children, uh, they, were, they were fired up and ready to go. You can look at the, you can see the intelligence in their face. Their faces, man. And uh, just, uh, uh, and she was able to tell, they all have their own personalities, and she told us uh, uh, each personality. They all had a different personality. And it was just beautiful. And, uh, and those children, and I thought about those children, those children are going to teach her a lot. She's going to teach them too. But I can tell by their faces that they're going to teach her a lot. In fact, they've already taught her a lot about life. It's a tragedy not to listen to the messages that God sends through your children. Parents. Most husbands, particularly if they're saved, they, they can see it. And they know their children understand what's going on. But anyway, I digress a little bit. After hearing a sermon on the torments of hell from a Baptist preacher, pastor, a little girl asked her mother, Mommy, are you going to hell? The shocked mother said, No, I sure hope not. 
Why did you ask me that? Well, because Daddy calls you a disobedient hellion, because you have never, also because you have never told me I love you, like Darren's mother tells him all the time. Also, you never hug me. Also, you never play dolls with me. You don't have the time. And, and also, I hear you cursing under your breath uh, at Daddy. Also, Daddy tells you to feed me. I hear him every day when he goes to work, and you never do until he gets back home or right before. And uh, he always tells us to watch you because you're always doing something wrong, evil, that he told you not to do. As he says, like a hellion, and you do not respect and obey daddy. As soon as he leaves, you do things he's not, uh, he told you not to do. Mommy, are you going to hell? Dr. Joel Beek said assurance that does not lead to a more holy life and walk is a false assurance. The person whose assurance is well-founded, who experiences true peace from God, true joy, <clears throat> and happiness is not joy, has nothing to do with, with it, Oftentimes, worldly happiness has everything to do with what is happening now about a trip that you're getting ready to take with your friends or getting a lump sum of money. You are temporarily happy. Who is busy in the Lord's service and lives in close fellowship with him will lead a holy life. It's, it's really, it's, see, this is not about the evil that you're doing, mommy, or daddy, or whoever you are. This is about your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if that is solid, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, will you be perfect? No. That old Adamic nature is still there fighting against Jesus on the inside of you. <clears throat> now what should be happening is, as you are growing in the Lord, it should be less and less of that slipping and sliding and falling into sin. As you get older in the Lord. See, so something is wrong if you have been saved for 20 years and you're still struggling with uh, 
stuff you struggled with when you first got saved. There's something wrong somewhere. Increasingly, you ought to be living a more holy life by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Ghost of God. I know I'm right about it. And by the way, men, do not believe the lying evangelicals and lying theologians telling you that you are addicted to pornography, brother and sister. You're not addicted to pornography. What you want is sex. And you're trying to, trying to find it some other way outside of God's parameters. And God is not pleased with it. And you should be feeling very guilty, nasty, dirty, filthy. Uh, 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 especially if you are masturbating, looking at some other woman or man on... Uh, don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. <laughs> we'll be praying in a minute. See? You're going to, uh, that, if you say you're going to be feeling that way, nasty, dirty, filthy, guilty, uh-huh, go ahead and tell the truth and shame the devil. And that's if you're saved. Now, if you're saved, you're going to be going for it with all the gusto you can. It's okay for you. Uh, you're going to be looking at pornography and uh, men and women. And masturbating all the time. Because you're lost. And you won't feel any guilt about it. At all. It won't bother you at all if you're lost. So there's no. Let me just help you. Do not believe these lying professors. These lying pastors. These lying evangelicals and Baptists and Charismatics telling you the lie that you are addicted to pornography. I'm a man. I, I love uh, uh, women way more than you. That's my greatest sin. So I, I'm not. You're not coming. You're not hearing this from a man who does not love uh, Putin Tang very much. Very much. I married my wife because she was a virgin, and uh, uh, I wanted a virgin woman. I wanted I wanted a pure woman as far as that is concerned. And she told me that she was saved. That's a, that's a great uh, uh, benefit as well. That's an additional blessing. Why? Because, yes, I was called to preach and, and, and love Jesus, I love God, but I also love Putin Tang as a man. Okay, so you're not hearing this from a man who does not believe very, very much that a man ought to be getting it, God wants you to get it, and she needs to be got. I am a firm believer in that. I think it's a very contrary to some of you sweet little Christian men. I think it's a vital part of life. In fact, that's one of the reasons why we're still married. Because that's one thing she, she's done better than uh, obviously most of you other uh, refrigerator women out there. She's never held me back. Put me on a schedule. I, that, that, that won't work with me. So you, you're hearing this from a man who loves a man and a woman getting together. I think it is the most beautiful, fantastic thing in the world. 
I'm with Steph Curry and his wife. They were playing a game and they have a show. I don't know. It's on YouTube or something. I don't know where it is. I've never seen it. <laughs> and, and they asked the question, what can you do without for a certain amount of time? And Steph was eating. He didn't even look up. He said, well, one thing I can't do without a sex. So I know that's, I know, no, can't do that. And his wife burst out laughing like she knew. And she agreed. I said glory. That's how it ought to be. Glory. That's how it ought to be. And, and, and somebody commented, y'all, y'all don't really know what the answers are about these things, don't you? He said, we better know we've been married for 10 years. Huh? Some of you lying, Christian, like you ain't never, you never interested in sex. Uh, the devil is a lie. You you so holy. And see, some of you, some of you men, and some of you preachers, especially, some of you pastors, bless your heart. I don't know. I don't know how to teach you how to shift gears. So you, you got yes, you got to be clean and holy, and uh, when you're preaching the gospel and you're serving God and so forth, and you got to be that way. Uh, but uh, I don't know why you feel like you can't do uh, uh, the sexual thing. You can't. Uh, uh, you 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 you're so holy that you can't uh, have sex with your wife like a wild man like you used to. <clears throat> Look at you. Some of you people just make me sick. You so so uh, holy. You can't believe I'm saying such things from the pulpit. This is where it needs to be said. That's what's wrong with your children. That's why they out there getting all tripped up. Because you never taught them anything. You never preached anything. You never preached about sex. All these little children out here, nobody knows anything about sex. Somebody knows something. Somebody's doing something. You so holier than thou, you can't uh, get naked and get down with it. The devil is a lie. <laughs> you so heavenly minded, you're no really good at all, man. I, I, I don't have a problem making that shift. I don't have a problem making that shift at all. You so holy, so uh, Moses like up on the mountain, you can't come down and take care of business. No, no, no. Y'all really need to come off of that. That's a part of that. Listen to me. God is very pleased with that part too. God wants that done. He wants it done for one. He want, one reason why God wants it done is is not only the pleasure part for you, which will do wonders for your mental health, for your uh, uh, relationship, for your uh, body. Uh, some of y'all, some of you guys got prostate prostate cancer. Uh, because you're not you're not uh, doing the do. You're holding in, or she's making you hold in. Uh, what needs to be coming out? That has to happen. But God wants you to do that to keep you from sitting with somebody else and doing something else you have no business doing. If you can't handle this, then cut off your pornography, you devil. You can't handle what I'm saying. 
Stop looking at uh, euphoria and other wicked shows on television. Uh, you lying hypocrite. Oh, I can't believe he said that from the pulpit. I, you, better, you better be thankful that God knows I'm holding back a whole lot. I, I hold back, I'm holding back a whole lot. I, you, 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 uh, just like Spurgeon told a woman one time, she said, Pastor, I just can't believe you're joking and laughing like this. And he said, you, you need to be thankful how much I'm holding back for how much I'm holding back. Because uh, I, I, I can really let you have it, my beloved. Okay, so I, I, and, and, and I, I, I don't think I would offend God or Jesus with some of the things I want to say, but I do it out of respect for some of you all, because I love you too. But you would be so taken aback and so disgusted. <laughs> That I said that. You, 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 you. Be thankful I'm holding back as much as I am. That's what, that's what you need to do. I had to drink tea today. I didn't have my coffee. Mm-hmm. One day I may break loose. And just run roughshod over the evangelical police, the independent Baptist police, the Southern Baptist police. And the National Baptist police. And see, here's 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 what ticks me off. You jokers are doing the evil. And, and, and you get mad at me for saying the, the evil that you're doing in the way that you're doing it. Like, for some of you mad at me now for uh, uh, doing this thing uh, where you are married, but you are having sex with other people, swinging. You can't stand for me to say that, but you're doing it. Some of you are swinging not with other married people. You're swinging with somebody's daughter or with somebody's son. Pardon me. There's a thing going on. I don't know what you call it. It's half swinging or whatever. A husband and wife uh, uh, got some homosexual tendencies, and so they put the wife will get a, a young woman, put her in the bed with her. After she gets through with her, she'll let the husband do what he wants with her. That's what's happening in some so-called Christian marriages and family families today. Then the husband, uh, he's a homosexual, and she allows him to have a boy, a young man in the bed with him, and then switches out so he can, she can use them too. And they pay him money, make sure they have a nice place to stay and a car to drive. 
Oh, wait a minute. Don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. That's what's happening in the church. See? And we're focusing on the fact that you are lost and on your way to hell if you're doing that. You're not saved. If that does not bother you, you have never been born again. And the people who have the most knowledge about the Bible, even theologians and pastors and ministers in the church, they're the worst ones. Because they think they're so smart and they know so much Bible that they can work around it. Ruining people's lives at the same time. Case in point, Jerry Falwell and his wife. And sad to say, if they don't turn, uh, change course, you're going to hear more and more of, uh, of their wickedness. But they're the tip of the iceberg. Don't, you can't, uh, you ch church folks can't condemn them. Put that, put that on this. If you're doing it yourself. Or some version of it. Don't, don't get mad at the person telling you about the evil you're doing and the nastiness that you're doing. Get mad at yourself for doing it. Especially if you call yourself a Christian. Get saved. A believer cannot persist in high levels of assurance while he continues in low levels of uh, holiness and righteousness over here right here thumbs up on all three so do you find doing these simple things always hard frustrating and exhausting Quick review, mommy, wifey, are these things a terror to you? Do these things make you angry and frustrated and exhausted and mad and bitter and resentful? All based upon the word of God, submitting to your husband, number one. Number two, subjecting yourself to your husband. This is... Uh, this is what God wants you to do. He does not want uh, your husband to have to make you. But if you don't do it, you don't have a marriage in God's sight. Uh, you're married, but you, it's not the, a biblical marriage if you're not willing to do that. This is why I've always told... See, see here's what happens. Here's the junction right here. here. Here's what happens now. If you marry a woman who does not do this on her own... You have a choice, gentlemen. Either she leaves, because you did not, if you will, hire her on to be a rebellious, stubborn witch of a wife who refuses to respect you and submit to you and subject herself to you. She needs to leave, go, whatever, whatever. You're not, you're not doing marriage right. 
or you can compromise. And what most men have done, and what most evangelical leaders and most pastors, black and white, have done, including my dad, a man I love and respect greatly, is compromise. And I'm telling all of you men and women, there's no such thing as compromise on the word of God. Anytime you compromise on the word of God in any situation, you're going to lose. God's kingdom will lose. You will lose. The people you could reach will lose. The marriage is going to be destroyed and messed up. And the man is going to be diminished to a little munchkin sitting in his chair in his little cubicle uh, in his so-called man cave that the wife put him in and wants him to go to like a dog uh, when, until she needs him for something. Number three, if it's a problem, you have a problem respecting your husband, mommy, wifey. You have a problem, and all of these are things that God tells you to do. God commands you to do this. If this is a problem, and it's a problem for years, woman, you're lost and on your way to hell. And I'm going to say the same thing to husbands and fathers. See, all of this so-called struggling means that in many cases you people are not saved. You have never been saved. All of these divorces, all of these shocking divorces, quote-unquote shocking they're not shocking. You don't do what the Bible says, it's not going to work. You're going to have a divorce on the inside of the household, meaning the silent treatment. You people don't speak to each other. You pass like two ships in the night. You grunt at each other. You don't have sex together. You don't touch each other. That's a divorce on the inside of the house. Or you're going to have an open divorce. If you don't do what God tells you to do. Jesus said if you love me. Keep my commandments. I have news for you. Mommy. I have news for you wifey. These are not suggestions. These are commandments. By God. For you to do. And if you love Jesus. And if you love God. Even if you don't love your husband. Like you should. Uh, you'll do them. I am here with my wife. My wife is here serving, uh, uh, helping in the ministry with me right now. I am here with my wife after 34 years with her not being a good wife to the point I believe that she's lost and on her way to a devil's hell because of pride. Not because she's been a great wife. Not because she's been a great mother. Because of Jesus Christ living on the inside of me. God has blessed me for doing that. God has blessed me for choosing not to get a divorce from her. 
so as to give him glory, praise, and honor, and so as for him to bless me with authority to help you. Doing it for his sake. See, a whole lot of things can get better in your life if you are saved and you're doing it for his sake. I have stayed married not because of my wife's sake, but because of his sake and for the sake of the ministry. Because, hear me well now, contrary to what you think, you're going to lose a lot if you get a divorce as a preacher. You're going to lose a whole lot of authority, a whole lot of influence. You may think you got something going on, but if they find out that you're divorced and you're remarried, even the youngest Christian is going to have a problem. Because if you can't keep your vows with your wife, then how are you going to keep uh, your vows as a pastor? If you can't run your own house, uh, then how can you teach me how to run my house? You say, well, preacher, has that, has that been hard to stay with a woman that uh, is so bad you think she is not saved? No, not hard at all to me. Because first of all, I'm dead. I know you don't understand that, and I've told my wife this. You can do all of these antics and, and fussing and, and, and talking back and being rebellious all you want to. I'm dead. You're wasting your time. You're doing that against God. And God has given me the grace and the strength and the power of his Holy Spirit uh, to do this. To love you enough to rebuke you, to tell you to shut up and uh, get out of here with that foolishness. That's love too, see. Uh, that's not evangelical love, that's God's love. See, evangelicals teach and believe that you can't say anything negative to your wife because happy life, happy wife, happy life. If mom ain't happy, nobody happy. I say to hell with it. I am happy. I, I got married happy. I brought happiness to the table. I brought joy and peace to the table too because of Jesus. And she was responsible for doing the same. If she had done the same, we would have had a different marriage life and family life. But the woman has proven to me that she has never been saved. Why? Because if you're truly saved, you're going to be growing in obedience to your Savior. That's a fact. This is not anything nebulous or unsure. My dear friends, people who are truly born again are going to change in their heart, their spirit, their mind, their attitude. They're not going to be saved 10, 15, 20 years and still acting like they're demon-possessed as she has acted like. I cannot tell you the thousands of times I have prayed and asked God and laid hands on her as well and actually asked God to cast the devil and the demons of hell out of her. And sad to say, because of her influence, I have uh, two or three children that I have prayed that about.
because demonism and demon possession, my sweet evangelicals who are about to have a conniption fit at my preaching like this, is a terrible thing. It's an ugly thing. And you better tell the truth and shame the devil and stop trying to be cute in front of other evangelicals and tell them you need some help. I need somebody, I need an exorcist. One of the, uh, I, I got it, and I, I have it here. I got it under control here because of how God wired me. Uh, I'm not bothered by her foolishness. I'm going to shut it down. But uh, one of the uh, reasons why I believe God is allowing me to do this is because she may be dying soon, and, on, uh, and she's going to go to hell if she does not repent and get saved. And as her husband, because I love her, I don't want to see anybody in my family, I don't want to see anybody go to hell. And maybe you can pray instead of uh, gawking, instead of, of uh, saying, I can't believe he's preaching like that about his wife. I can't believe he's mentioning his wife that way. I, and I can't believe he's staying with that woman. I'll marry you. No, you won't. You'll be worse. Now, I had several choices of women to marry. I was dating about 10 women at, at, uh, at the time. I was on the hunt from Jamaica to New York to Atlanta uh, to the Philippines. I was, I was, when God told me he wanted me to get married, because I was not going to get married. Uh, but when I started having those strong desires... Uh, God made it clear to me, son, you need to get married. And so I, as I traveled, I was looking for that wife. And uh, I wanted to marry a Jamaican wife. Uh, because uh, they're, quite frankly, the, uh, the Jamaican women that I've been with, they, they stay hot. You don't have to take a whole lot of time. And so uh, I wanted to marry a Jamaican woman. Most of those ten women were Jamaican women. And my mind was on sex. I wanted to get married so that I could have sex legally. And uh, uh, I had choices. Wonderful choices. Beautiful choices. One of those women was a woman that my mother had handpicked for me. And uh, we fit like a glove. You say, well, why didn't you marry her? Oh, and we had, a, we had a wonderful time together. One time, we, we went on a so-called date down to uh, Jimmy Carter's Plains residence. He was not the president at the time. And I marveled that she was interested in stuff like that, like I was. Had a great time. He said, well, why didn't you marry her? I didn't marry her because my mother was involved with it. My mother, they come from, they come from a different cut. They come from old school. They got to know everything about what you're doing and, and their son especially because, you know, uh, and so I, I found out uh, that she was involved. Uh, 
My mother was involved with putting us together, and I had, because my mother was not a good wife to my dad, I said, I don't want to, I'm not marrying a woman that my mother picks for me. And on top of that, I found out, because she told me, that uh, before she got with me, she had already, uh, she was not a virgin. And that was a deal breaker for me. So that, coupled with the fact, but the biggest deal breaker was my mother being able to call her and be all up in my business. I, I would rather have the wife I have now and the negativity that has come with it than that negativity. Now some of you men understand what I'm saying. I can't have my mother, who is not a good wife, to her husband in my business because I'm not going to have that. What she did to my dad and disrespecting him and shutting him down, diminishing him to the point where he had to tell, tell me and my little brother, which we both of us did not like it, grew up with it, did not like it. Don't, don't, you say, well, why are you so hard on men being in charge and men being uh, the leader of the family and the wife submitting and all that because of my mother? She never thought she was doing that to me. See, so be careful how you raise your children now because uh, they're they, they going to pick up on what you're doing. They're not stupid as you think. And so I'm, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to turn a generation of men around from that foolishness. The happy wife, happy life foolishness. No, no, no. You can't make anybody happy. Even a white woman said that the other day. You can't make uh, nobody. Your husband can't make you happy, baby. I said a white Christian woman said that the other day. Huh? What are you going to say about that? An evangelical. Well, huh? Are you going to tell her that? Oh, he, he, his, his job is to make me happy. Uh, let me say it to you. Hell to the gnaw. That's not happening. No man can make you happy. No woman can make you happy. You must bring happiness and joy and peace to the table in Jesus. You got to do that. You're not going to be a happy camper. <clears throat> and then once he make you happy one time, then what, what, what's next? What? Huh? What else does he have to do? That's not going to work. You, you better get your happiness and your joy and your good cheer and your peace from Jesus, baby. Let me move on. Number four, loving your husband. The Bible tells you to do that, contrary to what some preachers have told you. You ought to love your husband. You ought to, it's, no, it's not, no, not, we're not talking about romantic love. That, that comes and goes. The heck with that. The God kind of love. God's unconditional, agape love. That's the kind of love I have for my wife, and and uh, and I believe I have a, a, a different level of love for my children. See, see there? Some of y'all say, uh-huh, see? Mm -hmm. You ought to love your wife more than you love your children and all that. Well, I don't. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, that's a different love for my children now. They, they're part of me. Ah, well, she's a part of you. I know, I know, I know, it. I know, it. I know. You don't have to tell me. I'm just telling you the truth. See? 
number five, I have something else to say, but I, I, I have to move on. I have so much more to tell you. Number five, saying I love you to your children. How about that? Is that a pain to you, mommy? Hugging your children. Is that a pain to you, mommy? You can't do that. You can't bring yourself to hug your children and tell them I love you. Uh, number seven, feeding your children. Wanting to go to the park with your children and have fun with your children. Never wanting to do that. What, what's wrong with you? Huh? Is that a problem? Not willingly participating in the proper raising of your children? You, you want to be your husband's job or somebody else's job because you got more important things to do, you devil? Huh? You, you have, you've, you've never been saved. You've never been born again. There's too much confusion in the church today, people, from men. Listen, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Evangelical, evangelicals, close your ears. Uh, cover up your ears. There's too much whining, too much complaining, too much bitching, too much, uh, I, you know, I have this problem, I have that problem, and there's a whole cottage industry uh, that you people have given to uh, these theologians and these writers to deal with different subjects to make you feel better about life. Never to deliver you. Never to get you saved from it. All this complaining and whining and crying and boo-hooing and poor me. I need a break. I need a breather. I need a rest from my own children, from my own family. People, to hell with that. Enough of that. You're not going to go to heaven on the flowery bed of ease. I don't know where you got that from other than the devil and your false prophet and your false pastors. And, and, and the woman is set up and propped up, but she's not, she's not supposed to go through nothing. The husband is supposed to go through everything, and the children catch hell from the mother who does not go through nothing. The husband is thing, prop her up and set her up where she can just sit down on a flowery bed of ease and do nothing. Any little thing that happens, oh, poor me. Uh, oh, these children, they frustrate me so much. and They make me so... Where's the love of Jesus in your heart that you're supposed to have in your heart, shed abroad in your heart, not only for the mission trip, but for the uh, beach trip to take your children? Huh? The trip to the park. Oh, you ready to, you ready to drop your children and dump your children and go on a mission trip with your girlfriends? To not, to not go do mission work, but to gawk at the handsome Amazon men, you lying devils. <laughs> Number 10, not being committed to providing a peaceful, quiet home for your children, at least. Should do it for your husband too, and for yourself. For your children, even if that means not having your way. 
even if that means, mommy, that you sacrifice what you want to do. If that means not having your way and getting everything you want. Mommy, that's what Christians do. See, if you had Christ living on the inside of you, you know how to sacrifice like he did for you. And I've told you women before, and I've told you men, your wife has to put out. You know why I say that? Let me take another sip of my concoction tea. <laughs> Before I let you people get me upset up in here. Huh? You know why I say that? Because brother man, she's never going to be happy if she's not working for God and for you up in that house. It is all about her sitting on her behind on a bunch of pillows, a flowery bed of ease, never taking care of you or the children. That you, you are creating a monster, sir. Mommy has to put out. She's never going to be, mommy is never going to be happy if she's not putting out. She, God has given her huge ability, instincts and talents and abilities to make everybody feel all right and do it in such a way where mommy can get her little break at night if that's what she wants. But you have to raise your children right. Huh? You can get, you can have a break if that's what you want. Baby. You have to spend time in the daytime making sure your children are taken care of so when you lay them down at 8 o'clock at night, they go to sleep. You know, they are changed, they are fed, you have uh, taken them out of the park and, 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 and they ran out in the heat and everything else. They, yeah, you, you can have your little tea at night. You can get into the jacuzzi. But not if you don't do your job, baby. Take care of your husband, he'll put you to sleep. Huh? You sleep real good. So that's another reason why y'all need, you people need to have sex in the church with your husband, with your wife. Because you'll sleep better. You get the kind of sleep you don't, you wake up, you don't know where you are. And mommy, put him to sleep. You, 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 you're bothered by him? You don't know how to put him to sleep? You can put a giant to sleep if you take care of business. Mommy? Wifey? And knock them out cold for three hours. Well, you can uh, have three hours to yourself. Do your job. You don't have to ask for a breather or a break. You make your own break, baby. Knock him out cold. Take care of your children. Make sure they're taken care of. And once they once they're weaned. See, uh, look, at, look at me now. All these people out here searching for Similac and surgery. I, I, I didn't even know Similac was still in business. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't even know Formula was still in business. You people that messed up your life, you messed up your children. If you have three or four children and you don't nurse your children to weaning them, I mean, you don't breastfeed them, you're creating more 
havoc for your life. You're going to be going back and forth. All of them are going to have ear infections. You're going to be going back and forth to the pediatrician. Back and forth. I never had to do that. This doctor's appointment for this, this doctor, uh, because you didn't nurse them. You fed them something. God knows what you're feeding your children. God knows what. I don't know what you're feeding. Similac? What kind of name is that? Similac. And now you don't have any. Now you don't even know how to breastfeed. You have bought some breasts. And the milk is not coming out right. It's receded back into you. I don't know what's going on. That's why you have cancer. Breast cancer. You didn't use your breasts for what God wanted you to use them for. To feed the children. <laughs> feed the children. That's what you need to be doing. Uh, so so you, you create problems for yourself by not doing what God wired you, made you, and told you to do. A wife is to be a help me to her husband. She needs to put out. A wife is to nurse and wean and, and, and spend time. See, that's why some of your children, uh, your children don't, don't do well socially. They don't feel loved. See, they feel loved when they're nursing. From your breasts. That should be a wonderful time of bonding right there. You messed it up, and now you let the world run out of Similac and formula. Now the child is the child. The child is hungry. You buying stuff offline. You don't know online. You don't know what it is. And I don't think somebody else's breast milk is good for your children. God made you to feed your children. And some of you mommies, huh? Want to go back to work, huh? And show your tail and all that, and leave your three or four children with somebody else? That's not only dumb, that's stupid. See? And if we had more pastors telling people the truth of how to run their family from the word of God, then we wouldn't have the mess we're in today. Number 11, not understanding the principle of in time to come. And then we covered the other day. If you struggle with these things in these verses and you don't want to do them, you're lost. You're not saved. You don't have Jesus living on the inside of you because Jesus, the Holy Spirit, hungers. I mean, on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit wants you to obey his word and it's not grievous and it and you make it a problem for all of your marriage there's something wrong very quickly in relation to your husband here's what you ought to be doing according to the word of God everything I just said the 11 things I just said are based upon the word of God I'm giving you a quick review. Ephesians 5.22-24 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. If that bothers you and makes you and your girlfriends angry, you're lost and on your way to hell. Very, very, very simply. There's no room for 
being rebellious against the Word of God in God's economy, in Christ's church. And God does not care whether or not you like what He said. God does not roll like that, like your husband does or your pastor does. And God does not care about that. He wants you to comply. And not, not uh, uh, in a mechanical, perfunctory way, uh, kicking and, sc- and screaming, and doing, no, in a sweet, with a sweet spirit, because you're born again, because you're saved, you have Jesus living on the inside of you. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Pastors, I love you, but you're at fault because you never preached this to your people. You bought into the mommy church growth philosophy. If mommy ain't happy, if wifey ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, including the husband, including the church, including the children. It doesn't matter whether they're happy or not. Just, just so that the wife is happy. That's the philosophy of America. That's the philosophy of the American way, but it's not God's way. <clears throat> you say, preacher, don't you... Hey, don't you, uh, aren't you getting tired of pushing against the tidal wave of our evil? No, don't bother me, because I'm dead already. I know you don't understand that. It's all about God and Jesus and his word for me. And if I can save some, if God can use me to save some, I'm happy with that. But I'm not buying into that foolishness. And it's very persistent, even with the coronavirus plague, there are people still pushing against God's word. Ephesians 5.33 says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wives see that. She reverence her husband. 1 Peter 3, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Now, let me tell you something. Everything in my wife is against this. Now, if you, met, if you meet her, you think she's a nice, sweet uh, lady. But she, her flesh, my wife, uh, on the inside, being unsaved, not saved, she can't stand this. She can't stand my reading it. Just like some of you. Because she does not want to do this. Why? Because of her Jamaican pride, Pharaoh-style pride, stubbornness, rebelliousness, and witchcraft. And this is, this is you know, common knowledge. We thank God for the virtuous women from Jamaica. But it's common knowledge that Jamaican women are something else when it comes down to uh, submitting themselves to their husbands. But like I said, they got some great qualities. As well, and and for me, uh, she has taken care of what I needed. This right here is something she should have done for her own good, because I've never let her hinder the ministry, 
or hinder my children with her evil, prideful foolishness uh, because of how God wired me. And so I've enjoyed my marriage. I've gotten everything I wanted out of my marriage. Okay? I'm concerned about her after all of this time, not willing to uh, submit herself to the Word of God that we're reading right now. Being in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation that is the lifestyle of the wives. My wife ought to be living in such a way based upon the word of God that she could, could she could she would be able to convert a lost man. Same thing for you. And little did she know, and little do you women know, that if you do it God's way, if you're saved, you can't do it unless you do it God's way. You can't do it unless you are saved. But if you do it God's way, that man will give you the world. Or he'll die trying. But no, you want to control his world because you're lost. You don't see the wisdom in God's word. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold. You know one of the reasons why I never bought my wife a whole lot of clothes and shoes and stuff? No one, it wasn't going to change her. I knew that. Number two, uh, because... Why buy you a whole lot of beautiful clothes and you're ugly on the inside? You're beautiful on the outside, but ugly on the inside. I was not going to waste money on that. And I was going to hide the wind anyway when I realized that she was not saved. It's not about that. And some of you women, are, you are wasting your life. You're wasting your money. Up here trying to beautify yourself. Getting fake butts, fake breasts, fake hair, fake eyelashes, fake eyebrows. And you think that man's going to want you for all of that. He may take you for a fling, but you're not getting a ring. Now, you go ahead and mark that down. I've never heard that before. That's original from Daniel White the Third. He may take you for a fling, baby, but he's not. You're not getting the ring. He's going to use you for sexual purposes, but you're not wife material. If that's all you think is about, it's not, man. I'm telling you, a man would rather have a natural-looking woman than a woman that she he she's got to build herself from her natural state to something else to look good mm -mm. no they may put you on their arm for some eye candy uh, to make you think they can get somebody beautiful but if you got to take an hour to take off all that garbage 
And some men ought to ask women, okay, I'll marry you if you look like this every day, all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even while we're having sex. And you're not going to come in the room uh, with a scarf on your head and some rollers and some uh, green goo on your face. Huh? Yeah, you, you men are accepting too much and taking too much to get with a woman. Uh, that's just too much. And you women are doing too much. Why would you want to put on a mask to get somebody and then you got to take the mask off and say, surprise, you sit on the bed looking like an imp. Surprise, look what you got really. What? And he turned over, half sleep. What happened to your hair? What happened to your eyebrows? What happened to your eyelashes? What happened to your behind? What? What? Who are you? I didn't marry you. Oh, yes, you did. putting on a repel, but let it be the hidden man, the hidden man, the hidden man of the heart. And that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the holy women also trusted, who trusted in God, adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Trying to wrap it up in relation to your children. If, if all that is a problem to you, you're lost, you're not saved, you need to be saved. No books need to be written about how to do these verses. You, first of all, you have the instincts to do them. Second of all, if you're saved, you got the Lord Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. And they, they do that uh, comfortable, loving nudge to do these things. I, cannot I can't explain all of that, what God does on the inside. All I know in the flesh, I love many women, and I'm not with, I've had many women in the past, but I'm not living with many women now. I'm not, I don't have a side piece, and you know, and you know why? Two reasons. Number one, I fear God. How, how did I get to the point of fearing God? He taught me to fear Him. Number two, now, 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 Danny B would like to have some side pieces, dealing with what I'm dealing with. But I know God is not going to bless that. In fact, God will chastise that. And in the chastisement, for some of you who don't know, the chastisement first begins with the broken fellowship on the inside. I cannot stand that myself. Right there. I don't want to do that. Hello. And see, they're, 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 they're truly born-again people out here. They're not in here. That's right. Uh-huh. That's where, the, that's where the chastisement begins. That's the first level. Broken fellowship with God. With Jesus. Because we have offended God. We have offended Jesus. Okay? So this is not about obeying a bunch of commandments and you're getting angry and frustrated about that and you need a break from the commandments and all of that. Man... Uh, this is about, do you know Jesus? Do you, are you saved? 
Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Because these things are not going to be grievous to you if you are saved. I'm trying to help you. Don't worry about my wife and me. Just pray for us. We're, 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 not, uh, we're not under any threat of getting a divorce or anything like that. Because I've been talking to her about this for years. <clears throat> God just recently gave me the uh, uh, liberty to reveal that. And by the way, no man, no normal man wants to say anything negative about his wife. If the man is saved, he'll have a little Joseph in him. But that's not the main reason why men don't want to say anything about their wife. Now, you got some weak-backed men who are afraid to say anything to them, much less about them. Okay, I'm not talking about those guys. But I'm talking about real men don't want to say anything about their wives or say anything negative, and they always want to say something positive. Why? <clears throat> because of pride. There's a man's uh, a, a pride in men about their wife and about their family. It's a natural thing. There's nothing wrong with it. And, and God put it in them. There's nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's a good thing. Now, uh, many women, they don't mind tearing down their husbands in front of other people when they can't have their way. But most men do not want to do that. And will not do that unless it's a, it gets down to a divorce uh, situation. And, and, and most men still don't want to do it then. It's a pride thing. They want everybody to think well of her. Why? Because she is supposed to be a part of him. Okay, so let me wrap this up. I have a few more minutes. I'm going to try my best. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Here's how you ought to behave towards your children. The age women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. See, if you're older women, you ought to be carrying yourself in holiness, not in whoredom. Slipping and sliding and sneaking around and whoring around and trying to be cute like your daughters and your granddaughters. Hot the trot. Not false accusers. Don't lie on your husband. Don't lie on other people. Don't lie on other women. And some of you pastors' wives need to leave these women alone in, the, in these churches. Let me, let me help some of you pastor wives. Sit down somewhere. Take care of your own husband and your own children. That's a job enough. That's a big, huge job. Because the devil is involved with you all. Big time. Okay? So, uh, your husband is not going to tell you. He's a sweetie pie. Shut up and sit down and take care of your husband and your children. And stay out of the ministry work. Stay out of messing with people's lives in the church. Talking about a brother Bo Peep over here. He'll be better for her. Since she's divorcing her husband. I'm on her side, by the way, and all this kind of foolishness. 
leave the women in the church alone. They're there for God and Jesus. And they're there to hear from your husband preach the word. And if you carry yourself right and take care of business at home with your husband, and he uh, is living right and doing right, there should never be a problem between your husband and the other women in the church. Most of the women will love your husband and respect your husband in the right way. Don't get in the way of that relationship. Unless you uh, feel like Sylvia is trying to get your husband. And then you can step in then. But other than that, stay out of their business. Stop bringing things to your husband about this woman and that woman and how you are you are a husband, you are a pastor, you are to put her down and all that. You're going to split the church with that foolishness. And you have done so. You Jezebel. Now he's not going to tell you that. I, he, he might be sitting right beside you. He's not going to say a word. He, right now he's looking at it. He's petrified. But he's happy. <laughs> because he, he knows you need to hear that. You're not the pastor. Girl, you're not the pastor. Sit down. Leave people alone. Pray. Read the Bible. Take care of your husband. He's catching hell. Take care of his children. And we really don't need to hear from you, baby. You, you think, you know, you think you can preach, but you can't. Sit down. Sit down. Your husband got to come out and get the people clapping for you and all this kind of stuff and, and uh, trying to drum up the support. They don't want to hear from you. They don't want to hear from you. See, I knew I was trying to finish things, but, but the Lord wants me to tell you people something, tell you some things. Uh, mommy, you're not to be given to much wine. Some of you women who think you can drink like your husband, you can't, okay? Mommy, are you, if, you, if you are a wine drinker, I didn't say drinking anything else. Red wine only. It'll be good for your health. But this much, that's it, a day. Less than half a cup for you, that's it. Or less than half a cup a week. In other words, don't be a drunkard. Because you'll be worse than what you are. Teachers of good things. Do you teach good things, women, to the young women? Most of you do not. Most of you have never been taught. And so you're always teaching demonic foolishness like this. Girl, let me tell you what to do with that man. Girl, let me tell you how to handle that man. How to shut him down so you can get control over him, girl. That's what you tell the young women. How to hook him. Here's what you need to wear. Uh, you need some booty. Uh, I, mean, I got somebody who can put a booty on you to get the attention of these men. Girl, you a little bit upstairs, ain't you? Uh, you need some breasts. So let me, I, I got some folks who will take care of you and make those men turn their heads around so uh, fast they'll have whiplash. <laughs> that's how you talk. And they don't need that. But, but see, that's what you've done and you're divorced. Uh, you're divorced and you, you still hungry yourself. 
can't get a man, but you tell them how to do it, and they mess up their lives, fooling around marrying divorced people like you did. Then you become, I, I, I don't agree with this, but this was uh, so one man said the other day, once you get to 35 and 36 and you still want to be married, uh, you're leftovers. That, that's, that's how most men feel about women who are 35, they're, you're leftovers. They really don't want you. That's what they said. Now, I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's what they said. Teachers of good things that they may teach the young women. We don't have many older women doing this today at all. To be sober, to love their husbands. That's the verse that I was referring to in the last segment. To love their husbands, to love their children. This is a choice, obviously, it's not a feeling. And that's how most of you women live by feeling. To be discreet, to carry yourself in a discreet manner. You, 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 you're not a loud mouth. Chase holy in your behavior. You're not whorish. How many women you, you know you got friends who are whorish? They don't say it out loud, but deep down in their heart they whisper things to you. Ooh, I wish I could eat that. He's a snack, isn't he? He's a, that's what some cougars, I heard some cougars say the other day. He's a snack, isn't it? And then one, then the other sister said, no, he's more than a snack. He's a whole meal, honey. <laughs> that's how you be talking when you're whorish in your heart. Behind men down. Like cougars. Keepers at home. Take care of your own home first. Before you get into the business of other people. And, and keep your house clean. Don't be a slob. Your husband wants a clean house. Even though he may not say much about it. He shouldn't. Good. Obedient to their own husbands. That means do what your husband tells you to do. When you do what your husband tells you to do. As long as it's not breaking the law. Uh, anything wrong. You're obeying God. You are obeying Jesus. You are obeying the word of God. That the word of God be not blasphemed. You blaspheme. And see, this is why I'm preaching this. Because many women, many wives, many mothers in the church have blasphemed God's name in the sight of the church and the world. And you know you have. And your husband, husband Ahab, let you do it. Because you're Jezebel. I'm going to see if I can get this right. Somebody wrote this the other day. They made a, graph, a graphic thing out of it. Women talk about equal rights. And then they talk about... Uh, no, they, 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 uh, equal equal rights and then they talk about <coughs> equal pay and then the third level is they want to be the man themselves that's what's happening in our society Isaiah 66 13 says as one whom his mother comforteth 
so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You see, some of you mothers ought to be comforting your children and encouraging your children. And any time your children do something well, they ought to be hearing from you a great big old pat on the back. That's your job. Okay? Stop competing with your children. Stop resenting your children. Stop being bitter at your children and comfort your children and be there to be a blessing to them and encourage them in the faith. Isaiah 49.15 says, Can a woman forget her sucking child? Some of you all have. And you've dumped them at the doggone daycare center, kindergarten, uh, and the school, from the cradle to the grave, the nursery, nursery, what else? Kindergarten, uh, preschool, and then first grade, all on up. The The devil and the government got your mind so messed up and got your children's lives so messed up, they take the baby from you from the cradle to the grave because you let them, because you want to have it so, so that you can be footloose and fancy free. Have you heard about the woman who had a police officer making over $100,000 a year? Big time New York police officer. She want to be so footloose and fancy free. She wants to whore around with uh, the... And there's no such thing as a fa- an affair, you devils, in the church. You're a liar. Your feet ain't made in your heart, palms, and peanut butter. She wants to so-called have an affair, commit adultery with a man working at Wendy's. Have you lost... Your righteous mind, woman. She's still living. I don't care if she likes it or not. And and I have news for you. He was a, 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 a decorated police officer. The finest. He killed the kid who worked at Wednesday, uh, Wendy's. Who was going to a hotel room with his wife. He killed him. But do you know, I'm not suggesting this. And then he killed himself. Uh, ain't that much love in the world. Do you know, legally, I'm not a lawyer. Wish I was. Have thought about it. I, like, I love the law. But do you know, especially if they live in Texas, now this is New York, so I don't know. But if they live in Texas, if he has shot him and then shot her and killed both of them, he'll be a free man today and, keep, and, and, and probably got a raise as a police officer. What I'm trying to point out to you is not all of that. It's the silliness and the silly-mindedness of some women who God blessed them with a husband and they want to whore around with a man who works at a window at Wendy's? Have you lost your mind, woman? Another woman up in New York. I don't know what's in the water in New York. Beautiful woman, too. Had a great husband who loved her, was working hard for her, put her in a mansion. They had two children. She got in a, a torrid, adulterous relationship with the gardener of all people. 
Some of you women are silly minded and you're foolish acting when you do stupid, dumb things like that. Dr. Casey, Frederick Casey Price used to say, for some of you women, there's some men out there who can talk the panties right off of you. Because you're silly-minded and it cause you to lose everything. This woman lost her life, lost her husband, lost her children, lost her mansion. She lost everything because she's in a grave right now. Be a keeper at home. Husbands, keep your wives busy. They need to put out and take care of you and your children. They don't have time for foolishness. Isaiah 49.15 says, Can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. So God says some will have that kind of mentality where they will turn against their own children and not even feed their own children. Child crying his head off. Oh, he he'll be all right. Let him cry. I I got something to do over here. The devil is a lie. And there are women who will make that kind of decision and have done so. My wife was one of them, is one of them still, but she did that when the children were little. Didn't want to feed them. Didn't want to bathe them. Didn't want to uh, go to the park with them. Didn't want to play with them. Didn't want to say I love you. To her own children. Didn't want to hug her own children. I had to make her do it. It broke the children's hearts. So that when when she I, I made her do it and told her she better do it. They cringed. They cringed. Because they knew it was not real. As little children. See. This is why I've talked with her for years. You know what? You said you were saved. You said you got saved in the Moravian church. I should have questioned that. Then. But I believed you. But after you got saved, I, I saw a different person. I mean, after you got married, I saw a different person. You have not acted like a, a saved person. You act like a lost person. And, and you need to get saved. And now let's wrap it up, ladies and gentlemen, with the reading of a certain passage that you should be familiar with on Mother's Day. <clears throat> The virtuous woman, watch this, is a saved woman. Do you hear me? The virtuous woman is a truly born again saved woman from the jump. Okay? Because you can't do all of this and not be saved. 
And I told my wife, and she's right here. I told her that it's, it's a very serious matter when your husband tells you that you need to get saved, that you're not saved. That's a very serious matter. A man who you know loves you and a man who knows you and a, a man that you've seen predict all kinds of things about other situations and other people and they have all come to pass. That's one of the reasons why you are still here. And not only your husband, but your children too. They ought to be able to testify that I know my mommy is saved. I know my wife is saved. Now my wife has never questioned my salvation. My wife have ne has never heard a lie come from my lips. Even if it's something that I had to confess and say that was not good. I don't have any lies hidden from my wife. Before we got married, I told my wife up front, I have been involved with other women. And uh, I've had uh, children out of wedlock. I told her that ahead of time. Because I don't want you to find out something later and then you ask me, why didn't you tell me? I, well, who moved you to do that? Man, I would have never done that. God did, man. Mommy did. My mommy didn't tell me to do that. My dad didn't. My mom believes in the philosophy that, you know, you keep some things to the grave. You see how you know that's her philosophy? Because that's what she told me. I said, Mom, I'm not doing that. What y'all been doing for years? Y'all sprung on me. I had a brother named Gary. And when I, when I turned 18, you had Mother Tempe to tell me. You didn't tell me. You, had my, you put my grandmother up to tell me I had a half-brother. I never saw my dad in that light. I, I had spent 18, 19 years watching a dad being uh, disrespected by my mother. I didn't, know, I didn't know he even had it in him to get involved with another woman. It was a total shock to me to the point I said, I, I don't have a brother. He's not my brother. <laughs> I've never met the man. I don't know him. That don't mean anything to me. I have one brother and two sisters. That's it. Don't be spreading that up on me. I never lied to my children about that. When they came along, they heard me pray for them and they heard me pray for my other children as well every day. So when they get older, they don't, they're not shocked by these things. But your husband, your spouse, and your children ought to be praising God and praising God for you and praising your name as a great mother, as a great wife. If that's not happening, you did something wrong and you probably are not saved. Because you did not act like a saved person. And it's not about you. See? It's not about me. It's not about legalism. It's about Jesus. 
And I'm trying to put out the, the, the fire, this forest fire of all of this doggone, all of this doggone complaining and whining and bitching and crying and moaning and pull me, pull me, pull me. Uh, you women need this and you women need that and, 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 and got, got poor husbands who are working 90 hours a week. Uh, got them out there taking care of what you ought to be taking care of. You people are not saved. You just want to sit on your behinds and do nothing. You women in the church. Everybody doing you wrong. The big old monster husband, he doing you wrong. All men are toxic. Yeah, you know, on and on and on. Yet you want to do our job. You want to preach. Why? Because you want authority over the man. Over the men. And, the, and there's some weak back men in the church trying to help you get it. And I'm telling you, sit down somewhere and take care of your husband and your children and be quiet. Have a meek and quiet spirit. <laughs> Are you going to do it? I, don't, I mean, that's your business. I don't think you're going to do it. But I'm doing what God called me to do. He said, well, preacher, you know, you, we, we noticed that you've done some good things and preached some good messages and warned us and everything. Don't you want to be a, a part of our little club? Hell to the no, I don't. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I don't want to be a part of your little club, man, woman. You people are full of hell and the devil. And you're doing all kinds of evil things and you want me to get in there and, and okay it with you. I'm not. God told me. God told me, in no uncertain terms, God told me, do not get involved with these, some of these other preachers. I had an opportunity to meet several, what people would call great preachers. And God told me, don't do it. Now I know why. Because they would have pulled me down and tried to pull me down into their mess and become buddy-buddy with me where I can't preach against their mess. And God said, no, I got, I got a special job for you to do. And you're not going to have many friends and buddies. Uh, but I got a few people that are going to have your back. And they don't want to say their names uh, and everything because uh, uh, they don't know how things are going to turn out. But, but they're going to they're gonna look out for you. A raven is going to bring you some food. Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him, what my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows, give not thy strength unto women, I don't know all that that means, but some of you men have done it. And uh, some of you men have allowed that to happen. And the women have sapped your strength. And have taken your power and have taken your authority. And I don't care if you like it or not. You know it's true. You can't, if you can't say what you want to say from your heart to your wife and to your children... Son, there is something wrong somewhere. You don't understand the authority that God gave you. And when you have authority from God, 
to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. It doesn't matter how the people feel about it. You better go ahead and say it and do it. And you have a better chance of keeping your wife and seeing her become a, a, a saved, a happy woman by being that kind of a strong man where you don't give her your authority and your power. I may preach a, I may preach a whole series on that as I dig in deeper. You too, Switch. Nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. It is not for kings on the mule. It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Verse 10. I may preach on those first nine verses here in the future. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Let me tell you something. See, see, some of you women get mad because I preach the way I preach. And, and remind you of your role, of your position, of your job. But I do that. It's a part of the whole counsel of God. I do that because if you people don't get this straightened out, uh, we're never going to get in a position to uh, get, be blessed of the Lord again. So you want you want to cover all of this up. You think that home is is marriage and family and home is your business. No, it's God's business. See. Because God does not believe that you ought to be the Adams family at the house and the Brady Bunch at church. He's sick of that hypocrisy. But I want to tell you, there's nothing like a godly woman who loves the Lord, who's saved by the Lord. And who fears the Lord. And if you have one, sir, you better be very grateful and very thankful. And, and you, you do for her whatever you want to do. And then some. If you have, she, her, her price is far above rubies. But if you don't have a virtuous woman, you, you're going to have the deal. 
Verse 11, the heart of her husband doeth safely trust in her. If you have a wife that you can trust, and you will not be able to trust her if she's not born again, if she's not saved, there's just no chance. So that he shall have no need of spoil. She's not going to steal from him. You say, preacher, has your wife ever stolen anything from you? Yes, many times. And she's stolen things from her own children and then lied on her children. And and told me that they did it. Uh, and when, when, when you do something like that, as far as I'm concerned, you're the devil. You're certainly lost when you stole it from me and then you lied on the children. Or you stole something from me in front of the children and then when I question you about it, you lie about it right in front of your oldest daughter, Danny in this case. Uh, some of those things for your children are unforgettable. They may be forgivable, but they're unforgettable. Yeah, if you can't safely trust anybody, you got a problem, and you're going to have to you're going to have to deal. And unfortunately, you're going to have to watch her. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. Wait a minute now. That sounds like a saved woman. See, some of you all are shocked because, you know, all men are toxic and all men are dogs and all men are animals. You can't believe that a man like me, who before I got saved had many women and loved many women, that I have never lied to my wife in 34 years. She believes it. God knows it. And I know it. I know that's hard for you to believe because you used to, your husband lying to you about everything because he's scared, he's afraid of you. I'm not afraid of my wife. All the days of her life, she's never heard me tell a lie about anything. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. That is not the testimony of my wife. <clears throat> now I have no proof that my wife has committed adultery if that's where your mind is going she has told me and has affirmed that she has never done anything like that however if you will steal my food out of the refrigerator and allow your children I can't put it past you And I've told her that. Verse 13, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Now, if you have a wife like this, sir, you leave her alone and let her do what she's going to do. Because she's going to be a millionaire and she'll make you one too. And, uh, and your children will be well taken care of. No, no, this, wait a minute now. This is not the standard. This is not, uh, some, uh, some of you people say, yeah, uh-huh, you always talk about Proverbs 31 uh, and, and that wonderful holy standard and uh, uh, that impossible woman. I can't, imp I can't, 
uh, possibly be like her, and you always throw this in our face on Mother's Day, it's the word of God. And and God show, has shown me that this is not about uh, being uh, an impossible woman uh, or a, a woman where the, the, you know she's perfect. This is about a saved woman. That's why I said earlier, the Proverbs 31 woman is a saved woman. She's born again. That's why she does all of this. And she has never done evil to her husband or her children in her life because she's born again. She has Jesus living on the inside of her. She has the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the key point. I'm not telling you that you got a bunch of rules that you need to obey. It's about getting saved, obeying the gospel, and getting saved and being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And then you'll be the kind of wife where your husband can safely trust in you. You'll be the kind of wife that uh, uh, you do him good all of the days of your life and you don't do him evil. And thank God there are some women like that. They're virtuous women, not because they cross every uh, T and dot every I, but because they're truly born again, they're truly saved. They're not perfect, but they're saved. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night. She's not a lazy bot. That's my that's not in the Bible. She's not a <laughs> one to lay on her behind all day. While it is yet night, Jesus rose from the dead while it was yet night. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb while it was yet night. Jesus would get up while it was yet night when it's dark in the morning time. Early! One Sunday morning when it was still dark outside. Isn't it amazing how that uh, the songs that you hear when, that you heard when you were in high school and, and you were lost, how they'll stick with you. But tears so sweet to trust in Jesus. You struggle with that. I just said early one Sunday morning. And I remember this to this day. I was lost and on my way to hell, and I was in high school. This song came out. Early one Sunday morning, breakfast was on the table. There was no time to eat, she said to me, boy, hurry to Sunday school, Sadie. Now, how can I remember that? I'll tell you something, there's something going on. I can remember that to this day. Anyway, let me continue and let me close. She riseth. Also, while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, her children are not struggling to find something to eat in the morning, nor is her husband, and a portion to her maidens. There's something there 
Go ahead, you fix it yourself. I'm going to get my rest. You got two hands, don't you? Husband? Go ahead and make yourself a sandwich. She considered the field. She's in real estate. And buyeth it. Do you know that most people who are in real estate are women? I don't know why that is. Mostly women. And they're good at it. They're flat good at it, buddy. Most people in real estate are women. There are some men. Uh, but you look at the billboards, it's mostly women, beautiful women oftentimes. And they're making big money. Uh, the wise woman, the virtuous woman, is, is in real estate here. She, she looks at a field and buyeth it. She has, she, she has her own money, she buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she planted the vineyard. That's my kind of, that's my kind of girl right there. She knows the power of wine and the wealth that a vineyard will bring you. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She burns the midnight oil, taking care of her family. She layeth her hands to the spindle. She knows how to sew. How many of you women know how to sew? You don't even know how to sew a button on. Your poor husband got to take it to the Korean lady down on the corner. And her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. All oh, everybody in the family look good. Scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, and she looks good. What happened to the, the day when the mother and the wife, she looked good when she went out? Her clothing is silk and purple, the finest materials. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. And by the way, that's not because she made him to be great. He... he He's great on his own. He, she, she didn't have anything to do with him being great. Okay? And what I want to say to you men is, it'd be nice to have a help meet to help you to do what needs to be done with that kind of love and grace. But even if you don't, you still got to do what God called you to do. Okay? And if you don't hearken to her voice, God will make you great and make you successful in what he's called you to do. So you don't, enough of this, man, I'm telling you, it's disgusting. That, you know, you can't do anything without your wife. I saw a video this morning and the man walked out, he walked out ahead of his wife like he should have. He should have walked out there by himself on the pulpit. And his wife was running behind him and, and everything. She's poor. And you can just tell she was eager to take the mic and just take over. 
gentlemen, you know, listen to me. Let me put it. Let me kill this too. All of this garbage is nowhere in the Bible. Peter did not drag his wife to preach that day, and three thousand people got saved. She was nowhere in the pulpit holding hands. Huh? Y'all leave all that stuff at Walmart, at Walmart parking lot, and at the house. All your little romantic stuff. We don't need to see all that. We don't have time for all that. So let me go ahead and kill that as well. The great men of God, even in modern times, they don't go into the pulpit holding hands with the wife. Unless it's some kind of women's conference or something like that. And he's the head over that too. Glory be to God. <laughs> but not every Sunday morning, man. Your wife does not need a spot in the preaching uh, cycle. The women really don't want to hear from her. The men don't either. And the children don't want to hear from her. So cut that out. It's foolishness. And, and, and let me just say this to you. People, you people want to, you, you want to continue to follow the people who helped put us in this situation. Andy Stanley. And, 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 and his supporting crew. Ed Stetzer. I've asked Ed Stetzer to resign from the Church Leaders magazine and from uh, the Outreach magazine. These are the people, and people like them, who put us in this situation with God. Where God has shut down the church. God has chastised his people. And some of you people still want to follow them. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse. This is a plague of long continuance because of foolishness like I'm dealing with today. Putting Jezebel over the men, Jezebel over the pastor, and, and, and mama, if she ain't happy in the church, ain't nobody happy. Whatever she wants done, we're going to do it. And what you're trying to do is we're walking out on the stage with your wife. You're trying to make the women happy. I like this church because he lifts up women uh, to be leaders like he is and so forth and so on. She can lead, but she needs to lead women and children, period, not the men. And she should not have a say as, as to whether or not homosexuals should be members of the church. They shouldn't. Because if you make them a member, then they have all rights and privileges. They want to sing in the choir. They want to sing in the nursery and use the girl bathroom and all of that. They have the same rights and privileges. And they will sue you. And they will sue you for everything you've got. A pastor is being sued by a transvestite right now. Pastor had to file bankruptcy. That's happening now, this year. Verse 24, she maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. They resell it for her. 
Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in time to come. That's the in time to come principle. Understanding that, that in, in much of life, my beloved, for men and women, you can't have everything right now. God does not. God is a very loving and very patient God. Why does he allow, have it to be so for nine months for you to carry the baby? 18 to 25 years before a child is established as an independent grown person. God is not in a hurry. And you're not going to have everything in the first year of marriage that your mama has or your daddy or your auntie and them. You're not going to get everything. You've got to put out, man. Woman. Same thing for men. I'll talk with them on Father's Day. But you women got to put out. You have to have sex thousands of times regularly, cheerfully, joyfully, the way he wants it. You have to sacrifice your body for him. You have to sacrifice your time for, for those babies so that they will feel loved. You can't play with that in time to come. And then guess what you'll get? You'll get a big old husky son who will make sure you never go without anything. You will get a beautiful daughter who will come by and pick you up and take you to uh, the mall and to drink some coffee and, and have the joy of her telling you about the man she met that she's thinking about marrying. If you put out, you put out and you do your job consistently over time. You can't do that unless you are saved and born again. It's impossible. But with Jesus, all things are possible. Verse 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. <clears throat> you know why I tell some of your husbands to tell your wife to shut up? Because that's not coming out of her mouth. Wisdom is not coming out of her mouth. Knowledge is not coming out of her mouth. Hell and the devil is coming out of her mouth. She's trying to start some mess and provoke some mess. Shut up. With that foolishness. And I don't need for you to tell me how to run the church or to run the ministry. <clears throat> I need for you to get underneath me and have sex real good and take care of my children and clean the house. How about that? She looketh well to the ways of her household. She does not have roaches. And eateth not the bread of idleness. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's about a bunch of salvation. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's about, uh, being, it's about being saved, being born again. <clears throat> That's what it's about. And you'll be able to do all these things because God will be doing them in you and through you. By the power of his Holy Spirit. And guess what will happen? And if this does not happen, you can't make it happen. Right now, this does not happen for my wife, Marika White. And it's not going to happen. Because she did not do what I'm telling you to do. 
from uh, God's holy word. And that is to get saved. And the only reason why she has not gotten saved is because of her pride. Her Pharaoh-style Jamaican pride. Are you doing the same thing? You don't get saved because of your pride? You would rather go to hell because of your pride? And here's what she's not getting. Verse 28. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Because of the love of Christ in me, I'm going to praise you for the one or two good things that you have done. And that's Christ in me. That's not me. Because if it was me, I wouldn't say anything good about you. But your children, because they know that you did not love them, they're not going to say. They're not going to praise you as you would like for them to do now. And I say to women like my wife, and as I told my wife, just remember what you did. That'll help you to understand why things are happening the way they are. It's not about us not forgiving you and us not uh, loving you. That's not the issue. But you need to remember that so that you can get through these last years of your life. I've told her mentally, you're going to have to accept the evil you've done. You're going to have to genuinely apologize for it. And in, my, in your case, you need to be saved and you need to repent of your foolishness and don't do it anymore. And God will show you grace and he will cause his people, your family, to show you grace. There are some women right now crying because of how I'm preaching. Because they know they're in the same situation. There are women who cry every day. Mothers. Because they wasted their time out, in, out running the street trying to be a girlfriend taking care of everybody else's problems but their own problems at the house and taking care of their own children. I'm talking about, honey, I had to drop, I had to drop him off. That boy was getting, getting on my, my last nerve. That child was getting on my last nerve. Verse 29, Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And I will say to you, you will never fear the Lord, and therefore obey the Lord if you're not saved by the Lord. This is not about obeying a bunch of rules. This is about obeying the gospel. Humbling yourself and getting saved so that you can do these things. These things are impossible to do without Jesus Christ who said all things are possible with him. Verse 31, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works, let her own works, let her own work, a lifetime of her own good works. Praise her in the gates. Amen, somebody. And that will probably be the best sermon you've ever heard on Proverbs 31 and the virtuous woman. Because the virtuous woman is not a religious woman. She is a saved woman. 
she would have never done all of these good things if she was not saved and born again and feared God and obeyed God. Now, how is it for you, mommy? Huh? You're sitting there overwhelmed this morning with your three children. You're angry and bitter at your husband because he gets to go to work and go out the house and leave the misery of you uh, raising your children. You're depressed because your girlfriends can do this, that, and other, and you can't, or you shouldn't. Here's a way that you can do it all and be full of joy and full of peace and full of happiness. And then and be a blessing in your family in such a way for years and enjoy the ride and in the words of Joyce Meyer, enjoy everyday life. I truly feel sorry for you people who claim to be Christians and you don't enjoy everyday life. And I'm thankful to God there's a woman trying to tell you how to do it instead of complaining, witching, bitching, crying, whining, poor me, like you're doing something great by having children and taking care of children. This has been happening for thousands of years, woman. Get over it. That's what, that's what Joyce Myers is trying to get you to do. Get over all of that, what you're talking about, and do your job. And the only way that you can do your job right and lovingly is through Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Trust in him. Pray and ask him to save your soul. And then once he does that, pray to him without ceasing. Read his word. Obey his word. Get better. Not bitter. And so, dear friend, if you are with us today and you, are, uh, and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him for your soul's salvation from the power and the pain of sin and from the punishment of sin in that awful place called hell. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. You've done evil in God's sight and so have I. We all have broken the commandments of God, lying, stealing, lusting, dishonoring our parents, disrespecting our parents, disobeying our parents, disobeying God, taking his name in vain, that's just five of the Ten Commandments that God gave us, that we have broken. For the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sins. We die because of our sins. We do not die because of the coronavirus. We do not die because of cancer. We do not die because of a car crash. 
we die because of S-I-N. The sins that I just mentioned to you. Lying, stealing, lusting, dishonoring God, dishonoring our parents. Disobedience, not loving God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our spirit. We die because of sin. And God wants you to know that if He will allow you to die because of sin, He will allow you to go to hell to burn forever because of your sin and because of your not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he will allow you to go to hell. So thirdly, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9, 43-48, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. <clears throat> it is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life <clears throat> than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Hell is a very real place and hell is bad news. But I have some good news for you. That good news was said by Jesus Christ. He preached the gospel first and best and said the most important words ever said to mankind in the history of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him and pray and ask him to come into your heart to save your soul today, and he will. Romans 10, 9, and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
If you want to be saved today, mommy, wifey, father, husband, daddy, grandmama, granddaddy, uncle, aunt, cousin, whoever you may be. Church membership will not save you. Getting baptized will not save you. Save you. Attending church every Sunday morning will not save you. Or every Wednesday night. None of these things will save you. Simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, calling on his name, will save your soul. So believe in him today. Follow me in prayer as we call on his name. Repeat after me phrase by phrase. And mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I acknowledge and I admit that I am a sinner. And that I've done evil in your sight. I have broken your Ten Commandments and I am guilty and I deserve to go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul and please forgive me of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change. Help me to turn from my evil life and follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus. For it is in your name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today, please email me at dw3gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you to help you grow in the faith. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good. Pray without ceasing. Until next time.